The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Only pay for what you need when you download the Transit app and ride Coda. Plan, track, and pay for rides right from your smartphone. Unlike daily and monthly paper passes, fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Digitize your dollars and save when you download the Transit app. Learn more at Coda.com forward slash Transit app. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Hey everyone, Thomas Carinante here, and welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Uh, I got Adam Weinrib with me today, and um, first and foremost, before uh, we got into things, just wanted to thank our fans uh, after the first ep, which we had. Aaron Judge on. Um, I'm sure everybody enjoyed that. And then we touched upon the opening series. We have over 1,100 downloads right now, and we got to thank the fans for that. Yeah, and this one, we've got Aaron Judge on again. Uh, No, we don't. uh, (laughs) But uh, we're going to be bringing you lots of great guests like that uh, to talk Yanks over the next, you know, weeks and months. Uh, Even if the season gets bagged early, we are still going to keep bringing you content. Uh, So, yeah, keep an eye out, and we really appreciate the early love, guys. It means a lot. Um, but yeah, Thomas, uh, season in the balance, not really surprised. Um, you know, I think this goes back to kind of what we were worried about in the very beginning during the negotiations, we're stumbling over dollar signs and prorated salaries and lost in the mix is a safety protocol, um, measure where the players and the coaches would be ostensibly, uh, being taken care of in this regard. And uh, that's not the case at all. Yeah. Rob Manfred uh, keeps going on various networks and assuring us that the safety protocols were the most important part of the 2020 plan. Uh, and he's right. They're clearly the part of the plan that has the highest level of impact on what happens in 2020. But uh, yeah, like we said throughout the process, they didn't seem to be primary. There was a lot of conversation on, on salary demands and not a lot of conversation on the health and safety protocols. And what did leak was a bunch of sort of draconian rules, like no spitting and no showering within 35 feet of your teammates, but not a lot of discussion for who holds the bag if an entire team comes down with coronavirus. Whose decision is it 
whether or not they play that game. And this came back to bite MLB immediately because the Miami Marlins had four positive tests come in before their Sunday game against the Phillies, decided they were going to play on their own uh, in a group text uh, with the team, which is great, which is I'm sure, you know, that's probably not what was in the written protocol. Which is pretty, much, now, the, pretty much the equivalent of uh, Trump just being like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and, then, and then signing off. Yeah, but then that doesn't happen. And and then, <laughs> but the game did happen. And now, as a result, you've got two Phillies-Yankee games that have been bagged already out of an abundance of caution. And kudos to MLB for that. I mean, they could have been not cautious. They could have gotten the negative test results on Tuesday morning and said, I guess we're going to go forward with this game. And, you know, no one on the Phillies has tested positive yet. We don't know the incubation period whether that really means they're not carriers of the virus. But we do know that the decision that the Marlins made themselves to play, knowing they had four and five and six positive tests and counting, has now impacted a a second set of series. And the Yankees are involved, and there's really no reason they should be. Yeah, and it's even crazier because we don't – do we know the exact specifics of did the players decide this? Because we have to remember there are coaches and managers who are well over – um, you know, 40, 50 years old who are at risk, regardless of if they're super healthy or not. Uh, we've seen this disease take the lives of people in their thirties with not compromised immune systems. Um, so I, I would really love to know what the coaches and uh, manager Don Mattingly was thinking, I guess, throughout all this, because I'm not, I'm not sure how this came to be. And I'm really not sure how, if you have multiple positive tests, how that doesn't get reported back to major league baseball. And then the league makes a call that would, that would seem like the logical decision, especially with a team from Florida where those numbers are skyrocketing by the day, or at least were over the last few weeks. And on top of that, you know, we're looking back at how all these other leagues, NHL, um, NBA and uh, WNBA are all, all in a bubble. All have had zero, for the most part, a 0% uh, positive rate aside from, I think there were one or two guys from the NBA that got sent home. Um, but throughout these talks, we've only heard of one option for a bubble in the MLB, and it was in Arizona where throughout the... Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Summer, it's going to be 120 degrees. So I just don't understand how there wasn't another option for that because now you yes we have we've limited the travel but we're still going up and down the coast even though if it's in the limiting it to one time zone doesn't really make a difference it's you're still going thousands of miles north or south instead of going east to west so i don't understand i don't really understand the thought process behind that and how they arrived at that decision either well no thomas we know enough about the virus by now to know that it doesn't transcend state lines so if you have (laughs) If you have coronavirus in Miami and then you get on a plane and go to Philly, you shed the coronavirus in, in the atmosphere. <laughs> um, so MLB is actually spot on with that one. They, they did their scientific research and we do commend them for that. But yeah, I, I mean, people are saying, you know, it's the bubbles are working. Why isn't MLB doing a bubble? It's not quite that simple because like you said, 
Arizona is a terrible place for a bubble, oh, rivaled yeah. only by Florida, also a terrible place mm-hmm. for a bubble. The NBA has Disney World. There aren't enough outdoor baseball stadiums at Disney World to contain yeah. you know, the entire MLB. So they would be, I guess, quarantined at their spring training sites. Mm-hmm. That could have worked theoretically, but the fact that the Marlins were in Florida and have unleashed this on the league doesn't bode well. I feel like at the very least teams should be bubbled while they're home so that they're not traveling loosely one by one going back to their families. And it's really unfortunate because nobody wants to play baseball that way. And maybe no one would have agreed to play baseball that way. And maybe we would never have started this season. Uh, But the fact remains what we're doing is untenable and Rob Manfred says that what it would take to cancel a season, it's something he's not even entertaining right now, is an entire team being compromised and being non-competitive. And I don't know what the Marlins losing half of their roster means, if not that, but we have a, we have a partial team right now competing in MLB and four separate teams have watched their games be canceled already this week. And the Nationals are trying not to fly to Florida and all sorts of things that are going to throw wrenches in the next week of baseball. If Rob Manfred's solution is just keep winging it, then I don't really know what we've got here. Yeah, and that was the problem with the leadership from the beginning was was the biggest issue. There was the fragmented, scattered talks between the owners and the Players Association, and now you have him coming out and saying that they didn't even discuss the possibility of canceling the season, which... which is crazy. It's crazy to not even discuss that because how are you in this meeting not being like, well, what if this happens with, you know, the Phillies now, and then the Yankees were in Philadelphia. What if that, what if that, what if we have three teams now that are missing half their roster? We're just going to, we're just going to keep rolling with it. It just seems irresponsible to me. It doesn't make sense how we have people running the show, getting paid millions of dollars. And there, it seems to us, the, the everyday viewer that nothing is clear, nothing is set in stone, um, nothing is really uh, comprehensive. And uh, I don't know about you, but that, that's, that's unsettling for me. Yeah, imagine being on the MLB ownership-wide call on Monday morning after an entire team is quarantined with several, like 10, 15 coronavirus cases and forgetting to bring up the possibility of canceling the season. Like, I guess they just hung up and were like, oh, should we have... Ah, someone should, ah, yeah, I'll text, I'll text the guys. We should talk about canceling the season because it, they, the NBA, you know, this has been said, but the NBA on March 11th postponed their entire season because Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus. One guy. Before interacting with the opposing team, it took one test to torpedo the whole season. And MLB decided that five or six positive tests wasn't enough to cancel one Marlins game. And now we're here. So I don't, nothing has, I mean, arguably the situation across the country has gotten worse. MLB is pretending it's gotten better. That's been their ethos for months now. Uh, I think they thought the landscape would look different in July when they were starting these substantive talks yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and they were wrong. Uh, and that's something they've had to reckon with and have decided not to reckon with. So like Sean Doolittle said, uh, Nats pitcher Sean Doolittle has put it best. People keep aping his words because you can't say it better. Sports are the reward for a functioning society. Uh, we don't have that right now, and we definitely don't have a functioning mini society in MLB. So now you've got the Yankees uh, sitting in Philadelphia for 36 hours for no reason, now going home, uh, maybe playing this week, maybe not, uh, and the rest of the season going on as scheduled. So that's great. The worst-case scenario for me 
was obviously the whole season getting canceled and Mookie Betts immediately walking back to the Red Sox. But the second worst case scenario is the season going on without the Yankees. So I don't know why that's what we have, but it's what we have. Yep. And another thing that didn't really get addressed was they're playing 60 games in 65 days and we're going to have two postponements and probably more because rain also happens. And I'm not going to sit here and say that there's not going to be another coronavirus situation where there's an outbreak in a locker room. So where are these games going to be made up? We're going to be doing triple headers. We're going to be extending the season a week or two to make up for these, for, for this lost time. Uh, another thing that's not addressed because now the Yankees are down two games um, we don't know if they're playing tomorrow. So what, what we're going to have back-to-back double headers. What, what are we going to do, Rob? I, I really, I don't know. Um, and yeah, as you said, you know, sports are a luxury people. This is not, uh, this isn't guaranteed. This isn't anything that we're, uh, that we deserve. Um, it's, it's certainly a privilege. Yeah. Uh, nothing about this gives me any sort of confidence. And I guess that's what happens when it takes MLB months to figure out something that seems relatively simple, all things considered the financial element. Uh, now you're left with, yeah, 60 games in like 65 days and, Oh, look, four days in, we have a series of never ending postponements. So, uh, best of luck to Rob Manfred. Uh, if you need help, let us know. Currently, it seems like you uh, for sure need help on everything. But Thomas, I do have a, I have devastating news beyond that. Um, obviously, oh, no. the season's in flux, but this, this whole thing just got worse. Um, a verified man on Twitter whose Twitter profile picture is an Astros logo mask uh, posted a blurry video of a guy maybe in the stands at Yankee stadium at some point in 2018, holding an expensive camera. Uh, so I guess the Yankees are cheaters. Uh, I, I don't know. That's like, what that means. I, I guess we got, got, um, here's what I have to say about that. Uh, so if you haven't seen the video by now, it, it tells you absolutely nothing. Uh, it's led to Astros absolutely running rampant with speculation. Uh, Jose Altuve running off the field at the end of the 2019 ALCS, holding his jersey shut because he's got something under there that he doesn't want people to see, and then leaving the field uh, is one of the most damning pieces of evidence I've ever seen. It's certainly more damning than an approved camera that was footage that was already cleared by Major League Baseball in the middle of 2018. There's no indication outside of this verified guy telling me that it is from the playoffs, that it is from the playoffs. Uh, I'd like Jose Altuve to give me a better explanation than I had an unfinished tattoo that looked hideous. Um, And by the by, the Astros have already been proven to have completed a full cheating scheme, right? We've got hidden cameras in center field. We've got a man banging trash cans with the live feed next to the dugout. These are things that everyone knows. These things happened. Now, for this supposed video of the Yankees camera man... Uh, And by the way, if the Yankees cheating scheme was a guy holding a gigantic camera in plain sight uh, in the middle of the stands, then the Yankees need to improve their cheating scheme by leaps and bounds. Because guess what's obvious? A A man holding a ginormous camera. So if that's the linchpin to the whole thing, then then the Yankees need to maybe go back to the drawing board here. (laughs) But so let's say we have this this huge camera, one of the biggest cameras I've ever seen. And that's the impetus, right? We, we have the camera. Okay, that, that we see. Where is the proof that there's a live feed? Who is doing the signaling? 
who is telling the batter what the signs are in real time? Does he have a sound device? Uh, what's the equivalent of the trash can? If the Astros had a trash can, what did the Yankees have? This accusation is missing 75 to 80% of the elements that make a cheating scheme legitimate. Um, I just would like to hear from some of those, especially after I've already heard from verified reporters like Andy Martino, who would love to get his teeth on a Yankees cheating scandal. He's writing a book about the Astros cheating scandal and the increase in technology in baseball. He's licking his lips for this, and he's already cleared it with Major League Baseball. They don't think this is anything. Uh, They also think it's from a regular season series. Uh, There's just so many elements missing. And look, if this is a smoking gun, I will eat my words. That is fine with me. You can forever taint the 2018 postseason, which featured the Yankees losing to the Red Sox 16-1 at the stadium and giving up the cycle to Brock Holt. So if the worst thing that happens is my absolute greatest shame is forever tainted, then that is fine. Um, But Astros fans want the Yankees to be in the muck with them here so badly and keep forgetting that they're already there. So the best case scenario for the Astros fans is the Yankees join them under a pile of garbage where they live. Uh, The Astros barely got punished. They lost some draft picks. They decided to fire their manager. So, so nothing happened to them, and they don't seem to care. So it clearly didn't ding their reputation forever. So they'd like the Yankees to be living in despair with them, but they're not in despair. So I guess in their dreams, this just equates the two sides, and then we all acknowledge that maybe the Yankees cheated in the middle of a postseason in which they got flatly embarrassed. Thomas, I don't really know what else to make of this. I mean, look – if the Yankees cheated, they deserve to be punished in any manner in which the MLB sees fit. Uh, obviously, sure, sure, sure. obviously, the, uh, just because I'm a Yankees fan doesn't mean that I'm going to absolve them of any wrongdoing. Um, but if uh, the commissioner found it um, reasonable to publish the uh, to punish the Astros in the manner in which he did after they were outed um, for cheating during a World Series run which clearly benefited them and then potentially in the years after um then i don't know what punishment here is for the yankees for getting walloped in the 2018 playoffs um again another thing that i've been thinking of this entire time is what in what scenario do i feel like everybody wants to see the yankees go down so why would major league baseball be hiding some grand scheme of the yankees and not bring it to the forefront if there was really something. The, we've seen multiple teams blackball the Yankees in trades, the Garrett Cole one being the the, the smoking gun there. Um, so I, I don't think that the Yankees have any stranglehold over baseball um, than any other team does. It doesn't seem to make sense. Um, and lastly, this is just this is just deflecting blame. Per usual, we see it we see it every single day, notably, you know, with people in power uh, pretty much everywhere in the country. It's, oh, I did something wrong, but this person also did that. So what about them? Should we, can we, can we yell at them too, please? So I could feel better about myself. Um, regardless of what happened, the Astros did it during a world series run weeks after, cause in 2017 we had the Apple watch thing with the Red Sox. And after the regular season was when Manfred put in the, 
uh, provision that there will be no more use of electronics to relay signs in any capacity, um, or that would result in penalty. And the Astros deliberately did that, ousted the Yankees from the playoffs in a very close seven-game series, and then did the same exact thing to the Dodgers in a very, very close World Series. Um, So sadly, the Astros are going to catch, sadly for Astros fans, not sadly for anyone else, um, they're going to catch more blame here because they managed to orchestrate this thing to the uh, the magnitude in which they did. And it won them a championship, which is now tainted. Um, kind of like how, you know, the NFL has been gunning for the Patriots all these years. The Patriots supposedly cheated during a couple of Super Bowl runs. And that changes the perspective of everything. If you cheat and go five and 11 in the NFL, it doesn't really matter. If you cheat in the MLB and get destroyed in the ALDS, it doesn't really matter. Should we know? Yes. Everybody's talking about, Oh, release these court documents that, uh, that this judge wants unsealed. It's like, okay, cool. But why are we sealing the Astros and the Red Sox documents? Those one, those are the ones that either the judge or major league baseball or the owners don't want to get out. So why are we going to unseal one document and not do the others when it's all in the same realm? It's, it's stupid. It doesn't make sense. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, and like I said, I'll, 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 uh, I'll make it clear once again, if the Yankees cheated, um, uh, they, they should not be, they should not be getting off scot-free by any means. Well, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. The idea that MLB wants to protect the Yankees and are trying to keep downplaying this scandal. Okay, great. So they want to protect the Yankees, but they want to out the Astros who just won the World Series yeah. and are the most exciting young team in baseball. MLB markets Correa, Altuve, and Springer like crazy. They want that stink on Houston, and they want to protect the Yankees who haven't won anything. Why on earth would you want to invalidate a championship if you're MLB, but not invalidate a depressing loss? You know, and when has when has MLB ever protected the Yankees? A Rod's positive yeah. steroid test got leaked from the 2003 anonymous survey. It was an anonymous survey, and that's the only reason you found out Alex Rodriguez tested positive. David Ortiz tested positive on the same anonymous survey, and then said he was going to go find the real killers, and then you never heard about that again. A-Rod's anonymous test got leaked. If MLB wanted to protect the Yankees, you think they might have taken them off the Mitchell report? Uh, You think they might have, you know, barred Roger Clemens from testifying? Like, scandal has followed the Yankees over the years. I have no idea why MLB would want to protect them and hurt their most exciting and most dominant young team that just won a ring. Yeah, Uh, but last thing I wanted to notice here, Michael Schwab, um, Sure, he's a good guy. However, he's an executive producer of, of nothing, um, according to his Twitter account. Uh, he was formerly of Politico and USA Today, so now he's just an executive producer, I guess, just looking for um, Yankees wrongdoings. Um, so yeah. take that information and do with it what you will. Um, yeah, Michael Schwab executive produced the blurry face clip of the guy shaking yes. a camera in dead center field at Yankee yep. Stadium. I wish all smoking guns were that obvious. I wish it, I wish there were like... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, because I'm sure we'd have a lot more information on the Red Sox from 2018. Who, yeah, maybe the Yankees should brace themselves for the same punishment the Red Sox got. Maybe the video intern holding the huge camera will be fired and we'll never hear about that ever again because that's what Alex Cora managed to do uh, in Boston. So it's a good possible outcome. Speaking so, of Boston, I think we have a, a fun little uh, yeah. exercise. How about that? Uh, it's been a fun week for the Red Sox. Um, it's been a fun month for the Red Sox. It's really been a fun, uh, 
every minute since the Red Sox, some Red Sox fan, do you remember some Red Sox fan chucked a full beer at the World Series trophy in 2018? Yeah, cool It's been an outright disaster for the Boston Red Sox, Mm -hmm. um, which culminated in the Mookie Betts nonsense in which they traded Mookie Betts basically wink, wink, hinted, hinted to their fans that they were going to try to sign it back after the year, even though uh, the front office clearly had never int- no intention of doing that. Uh, and the fans were just picking up breadcrumbs from absolutely nothing. And it became official last week that he will be a Dodger forever and will probably enter the Hall of Fame with an L.A. on his hat. Uh, that is the worst. The whole Mookie Betts thing is the worst decision I've ever seen the Red Sox make but they've made plenty of other ones that are sort of close. So we have compiled a list of the top five worst Red Sox decisions ever to keep you warm at night while there's no baseball, Yankee fans. Thomas, you want to kick us off with your number five? Yes, sir. I would love to. Um, hot take number five for me is giving Pedroia that uh, eight-year, $110 million extension um, after the 2013 season. Um, and this is purely uh, Captain Hindsight type deal here. Um, because it was the right move at the time, uh, to be completely honest. Uh, Pedroia was coming off a uh, an all-star season um, in which he had played in the most games of his career up until that point. He played in 160 games, uh, had never done that before. Um, he uh, led the league in plate appearances, uh, registered 193 hits, batted over 300, um, but... Uh, he didn't really have the power numbers to back it up. He never really was a a true power hitter at all, but only nine home runs that year, uh, 787 OPS. He did finish uh, seventh in the MVP voting and got an all-star nod, also won a gold glove. Um, But at the time, you just knew that this was not entirely uh, the smartest deal Boston could have made uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's entering his age... 30 season come 2014 the following year uh so that means they committed to him through his age 38 season which this contract is still through 2021 mind you so don't forget that um and since 2017 the start of 2017 he's played in a grand total of 214 games essentially contributing nothing since he signed this extension he's played in 135 games 2014 93 games in 2015, 154 in 2016. That was really good year for him. Probably, I think, his best since 2011. Um, 105 games in 2017. And then the last two years, nine total games combined due to this knee issue that he's got. Um, but you just got, I, I don't know, I just got the feeling that this was not the smartest deal in the world um, solely because it felt like they were trying to price Cano out of New York, which they did, but it ended up doing the Yankees a favor because they didn't have to sign Cano to this huge 10-year, $240 million contract. The Mariners were burdened with that, and now, coincidentally, the Mets are. Uh, so you have this funny ripple effect where the Yankees rid themselves of Cano, um, managed to now have this super infield uh, years later with DJ LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, even Didi, um Last year and the year before was just so great to watch. Um, and uh, just Yankees moments I wouldn't trade uh, back, even though, you know, Cano was was uh, a great Brox bomber. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is just mostly the hate factor with Pedroia and the Red Sox. You know, Pedroia is just the quintessential Red Sox. Uh, if you're not a Red Sox fan, you don't like him. Um, and 
given all that he was able to do for Boston the years leading up to this extension, um, was unable to really do much for them after that in terms of, you know, lead them to uh, a ton of playoff success. Yes, they won the World Series in 2018, but he played in only three games that year. Um, After that, uh, after the, he signed the extension after the 2013 season, um, and since then, uh, from, from the life when it started in 2013, the Red Sox, uh, managed to, uh, miss the playoffs twice, uh, 2014, 2015, swept in the, uh, Amer- uh, the ALDS, um, and lost in the ALDS in four games, uh, in 2017. And these are my favorite because it's clearly a good decision gone bad, and there's just no better feeling than watching that happen to your biggest rival. By far my least favorite Red Sox of all time, and it's not even close. Yes. Uh, and watching his yeah, at, watching his bloated contract become a fetid corpse has been one of my favorite pastimes over the last couple of years. Uh, it's a freaking laser show. Uh, he's allowed to show up umpires and nobody else is. Just double and triple and quadruple standards for Dustin Pedroia over the course of his career. Um, and yeah, cool. Great job, Red Sox. Uh, my number four is letting Adrian Beltre walk after 2010. Uh, in classic Red Sox luck, uh, this happens constantly. They managed to get Adrian Beltre on the downside of his career uh, after his age 30 season in Seattle uh, in 2009, in which he hit eight home runs and hit 265. Beltre joined the Red Sox on a one-year contract and hit 321 with 28 home runs and made the all-star team. Great. What adjustment could Adrian Beltre possibly have made between 2009 and 2010? I have no idea. But the Red Sox turned trash into gold yet again and had a chance to extend Beltre. Instead, they let him walk to Texas, where he became an absolute icon from 2011 to 2018. He would have been absolutely filthy in that Boston lineup. Instead, they opted to trade for Adrian Gonzalez in 2011, move Kevin Euclid back to third. Euclid was gone by 2012. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez was salary dumped to LA shortly thereafter. And all of this would have been a lot easier to stomach if they had just extended Beltre instead. Uh, so rarely do the Red Sox find gold like that and let gold go, but God bless you, Red Sox. Yeah, led the league in doubles that year with 49. Uh, finishing the MVP voting for the second time in his career. And at that point, that was his 12th year in the league. Um, so, yeah, prop, props to that. That that could have terrorized us for a decade, and I'm, I'm very glad that uh, that was not the case. Um, number three for me uh, is what we were talking about today, the, the disrespect of John Lester. Um, not only did they trade him, but they had uh, the fan base had the sort of energy they had this year with Mookie where it's like, Oh, we're trading Mookie to the Dodgers. And then we're going to re-sign him in the off season kind of felt like they might've done that uh, back in 2015 before the start of the 2015 season, but they didn't. Um, instead he signed with the Cubs uh, was their unquestioned uh, leader for the last five, six years led them to the World Series, broke the curse in 2016, had, went 19-5 and five this year, with a, uh, or that year, with a 2-4-4 ERA um, in 32 starts, finished second in the Cy Young voting, um, and eclipsed 200 innings. Um, so this could have alleviated a lot of the Sox issues because pitching has, uh, has been a struggle for them. This guy, let's not forget, won them two World Series. I don't know why they keep trying to pull that tricky game 
like, I don't know why they learned nothing from the John Lester situation and did it again with Mookie, where mm-hmm. you trade your best player because you think you're going to get this slight asset edge with the expectation that maybe you'll be able to finagle the whole thing and re-sign them at the end of the year. When they traded Lester to Oakland in the middle of 2014, he... he- Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. He said I had every intention of finishing my career in Boston, and now I'm not going to be doing that, and who knows what's going to happen in free agency. And it became clear in the years after that he hated that, did not want to leave in the middle of the 2014 season. Yep. Red Sox were not out of it in 2014. They just decided they were. Uh, traded for Yoannis Cespedes. Yes, they traded for Rick Porcello. So they turned John Lester into Rick Porcello. Yeah. and Ooh, Rick Porcello for- won a goddamn Cy Young. So. Yeah, I, I didn't understand any of that. But yeah, they, they, they tried to trick John Lester and the dude was like, uh, okay, well, that absolutely sucks. I'm not coming back here. Yep. Followed Theo Epstein to Chicago and the rest is history. And so did John Lackey, who they traded to mm-hmm. St. Louis. Followed Theo Epstein, too. And they won a, Chicago won rings. And, and Boston was missing an ace for years and then had to sign David Price the crazy deal they, they signed him to because they tried to, you know, trick John Lester. It didn't work. Uh, which, then, which, which pretty much got the Mookie Betts trade going because they wanted to unload that salary. Um, I, hate this, I hate this team. Yeah. And quick, quick note on Lester's 23rd, this 2013 postseason. This was the year before they traded him. So they won the World Series in 2013. Mm-hmm. Made five starts, two in the World Series, went 2 and 0, 0.59 ERA in 15.1 innings pitch, 0.65 whip against the Cardinals. One and one in the ALCS against the Tigers, 2.31 ERA, went 11.2 innings. Uh, I, one of those starts was bad. Uh, but also shut down the Rays um, in the ALDS. One uh, went one and zero, two point three five ERA, point seven eight WHIP. And this is the you're going to trade him the next year, less than a year later. Yeah. I, I guess he didn't want that. Although inexplicably, they're back winning the division by 2016 because yeah. everything worked out for them yeah. anyway. But theoretically, this should have torpedoed them forever. Uh, we love the we love the Boston Red Sox, which leads me to my number two letting Roger Clemens walk and paving the way for him to join a division rival and then another division rival. Now, I have no idea how the Red Sox let their relationship with Roger Clemens go so sour by 1996, but he decided he was bad now. He was eating poorly. He's a different pitcher, hated Boston, hated the fans, not sure why. They didn't trade him. They didn't maximize the asset. They should have traded him in like 1994 if they decided that they hated each other now. But instead, they got absolutely nothing for him. Let him walk to Toronto in the division. He immediately got steroid jacked and finagled an out clause in his contract so that Toronto would have to trade him to the New York Yankees once he decided that Toronto wasn't going to spend. So not only did the Red Sox lose him for absolutely nothing, he immediately became a better pitcher and won some World Series with their rivals in the Bronx and is now associated with them. How do you possibly let that happen? Three Cy Youngs, an MVP in Boston, four ERA titles, led the league in shutouts five times, had 18 complete games in 1987. He pitched over 250 innings, one, two, 
three, four, five times. 250. Do we even see that anymore? Does that, has that happened in the last decade? You can't let an asset like Roger Clemens get so upset with you that he ends up yes. walking to division rival and then get dealt to the Yankees. And like that's Roger Clemens is your ace for life. If that's a relationship that's fraying, you repair that relationship. Yeah, he was only 33. Last season was age 33 in Boston. It wasn't a great year, 10 and 13 with a 3.63 ERA. But I mean, what he did the years prior, unreal. And then, of course, number one on the list, easiest bets. Thomas, unload. Just just spread your thoughts on the Mookie Betts stuff. I mean, there. How many times are you hearing? every single day for teams dying to have a homegrown star that can lead the team for generations to come. And it was, it was literally Mookie Betts and it was right there. Guy won an MVP en route to the possibly the easiest world series we've seen in modern day history. I mean, I know the world series back in the day were were pretty easy to take because uh, you would go straight, you would go straight to the championship, but this, they went through the gauntlet. They faced the Yankees. They faced, the Astros, and they face the Dodgers. Those are the three best teams in the league aside from the Red Sox teams. that year. 100-win teams. Yes, 100-win teams. Not only that, Mookie was the runner-up for the MVP two years prior, four straight All-Star seasons, four straight gold gloves, uh, three silver sluggers in four seasons. Um, and this couldn't have been more your guy. And I just don't get it. He wanted a $420 million contract per the reports that we've heard uh, that year. Um and sure, that's fine. Uh, if you don't want to give the guy that money, that's fine. But the Red Sox supposedly countered with uh, 12 years for $300 million. You got to meet the guy in the middle. At the very least, you meet him in the middle. I mean, what is negotiating if that's not it? I mean, we've seen since Mookie officially signed his Dodgers deal, uh, Tom Warner dropping the, okay, check back with me in 12 years. We'll see how the long-term yeah. contract works. I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy the first eight years of the Mookie Betts deal, yes. my guy. And you own the Red Sox ownership group owns Liverpool. They're printing money hand over mm-hmm. fist. They could pay Mookie Betts entirely in Liverpool revenue. It doesn't <laughs> even, you don't even have to dip into the Red Sox Fenway sports group pool. Um, but they decided they'd rather not do that. And now they have Alex Verdugo uh, and no hope of Mookie Betts coming back ever and him thanking Dodgers ownership on his Hall of Fame induction day and briefly footnoting the fact that he won the 2018 World Series with the Red Sox. So congratulations. That's your legacy. Yeah. One, one quick note here on, you know, the Red Sox crying about money uh, for, for whatever reason. One of the richest franchises in all of sports now all of a sudden being like, oh, we're going to spend this money. You're investing in a guy over the course of 12 years. $365 million MLB made what in 2018 or 2019, $9 billion. And that's divided across the team. So you're talking about maybe surrendering a giant portion of one year's worth of profit over the course of 12 years. I, I how, how is that not an economically sound decision? Uh, I will never understand. I mean, we're coming off an entire summer of MLB officials telling us they're about to take a loss for the first time ever. They finally agree on a proposal, and then all of a sudden, summer camp is sponsored by Camping World, and there's ads on the mound. (laughs) It's not that. It's clearly not that hard for MLB to figure out ways to make money, even in this disastrous economic climate. I'm pretty sure the Red Sox could have found room for Mickey Betts, but they didn't, and it made our lives better for the next decade or so. So we really do appreciate it. Uh, Those were the top five worst Red Sox decisions 
ever. Well, in uh, modern day, because we can't forget about Babe Ruth. Oh yeah. Well, sorry. Well, we'll, I, we'll go modern day. We don't need that's you know we're we're gonna beat the dead horse with Babe Ruth. People don't want to hear about it anymore. We know how bad it was. We know how pathetic it was. That doesn't even feel like that doesn't even feel like the Red Sox to me. That's yeah. not the same. It's not yeah, it's, it's not this installation of the Red Sox, and that's kind of what we wanted to touch upon because in you know, in wake of the Mookie Betts deal, this kind of summarizes what they've done over the past 20, 25 years. Um and yeah, I think that was that was most appropriate. Yeah, these are the modern Red Sox that are unbeatable 04 to now. The previous Red Sox were floundering and they sold all their best players to the Yankees so they could finance a, a musical. That's different. Uh, the worst decisions <laughs> in Red Sox history were, were all of those combined. But the modern Red Sox who never lose still manage to do embarrassing things like this, uh, like let Clemens walk to their rival and then go right to the Yankees or uh, trade Mookie Betts and pretend you're going to get it back and not. Uh, so that's it for this episode. Um, Thomas, hopefully there is baseball this week, and we will see you again later this week. Um, but signing off for now, I'm Adam Weinrib. I'm Thomas Carinante. And this is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Take care, everybody. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.